Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Many of you know that I just launched the first round of the Startup Pregnant Mastermind. We started in July with an amazing group of women. and Everyone has expertise in different areas and they complement each other and I'm really excited to get to work with everyone. So I thought I would take a little bit of time today and talk about the launch process, what it was like in May and June to put this all together, what worked, what didn't work, what broke, and what I learned. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. You know when you get an email and someone is like, yeah, let's meet. Does Thursday work? And you write back, actually, Friday's better. And then you end up in this kind of email back and forth that is never ending. And just when you find the right time, you realize that you accidentally overbooked that time because of some other email thread back and forth that took forever. Yeah, we have to stop that. Our friends at Acuity Scheduling are super helpful with this, and they are the sponsors of today's episode. So head to acuityscheduling.com slash startuppregnant, and you will get a free 45-day trial to check them out. As always, hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you have a minute to leave us a review, we would love that. If you need any of the show notes from the show, head to startuppregnant.com. Launching. Launching can be really hard. Launching can be something that really takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of work. And for me, this mastermind was the first paid offer that I've put in front of the Startup Pregnant community. I have a tremendous number of free things available. We host the podcast. We have a website. I've created e-guides for people and resources. And we have our private Facebook group. So there's been a lot of community building and content creation since I've started, but I haven't put together a formal paid offering. With the exception of our Patreon page where you can support us and back the podcast as a listener. And our sponsors, our sponsors who help cover the cost of the episode by paying for advertising space at the top of most of our episodes. But this one is the first paid offer that I've put in front of our community. And so I was really curious to see what the response would be. Because a lot of times when we put an offer out or we put something in front of people, we don't know what the response will be. I don't know if this is a thing that people really want, whether or not it's going to work and what it's going to look like. So there's a tremendous amount of learning that happens with each launch process. So I thought I would tell you a little bit about what worked and what didn't. And just to set this stage, if anybody is a brand new listener or you've missed a couple of the episodes, we are doing a nine-month paid mastermind program. So we're bringing women together in a women's leadership circle for people that are parents and entrepreneurs. And we meet twice a month and we gather to dig into questions about what it means to figure out parenting and what it means to figure out businessing and how to do both at the same time, or at least sequence them so that they're not as crazy and stressful as maybe they can be. So we started in June, very end of June, and we're running July 2018 through March of 2019. So that's the offer that we put out in front of people. And I launched the information about it at the end of May. I think I finally put the sales page up in the 1st of June. And I sent a series of 
five to eight emails to the list and I put together four different spots on the episodes to tell people about it, to tell people that were already listening and already part of the Startup Pregnant community. Here's a thing that we're building. Here's a thing that we're doing. Won't you come join us? One of the things that's humbling and also a little nerve wracking, but also just really enjoyable is that you are watching this business be built in real time. The first leg or the first pillar of the Startup Pregnant business is creating great interviews with amazing women in the form of this podcast and on the website. We are building content first because I believe so strongly in growing an audience and listening in to your community as important pillars of business building. A lot of businesses go straight into, here's the product, here's what I'm going to do. And they don't do enough user testing or really listening to the customer base of what is it that you're building? Who do you serve? And what's the real problem? And so when I got the idea for Startup Pregnant and then decided to start the podcast and then realized that I had a business on my hands, I thought about how long am I going to do this and what is it going to look like and what am I going to learn? Creating a podcast and creating content first is not fast. It can be really slow. It doesn't necessarily yield results right away. But I asked myself as I was building it, if I spend two years interviewing these brilliant women for a podcast and I don't end up finding a really good business from it, will it still be worth it? The answer for me is a thousand times yes, because I get to interview and connect with amazing human beings. I get to learn about parenting and business from each of them. I get to form friendships and connections and connect you with each other. And all of this to me is on par with getting an MBA. Honestly, if I were to go back to school for two years and learn a whole bunch and meet a whole bunch of people and network and grow connections, well, frankly, I'm already doing that. And I'm doing that in a way that is specifically about the area that I want to learn and research about. So super worth it. Incredibly worth it. I think it was my dad. I'll credit him with this. I'm not sure actually if it was, but somebody told me that they can't take what you've learned away from you. And so even if you get to the end of a project or the end of a road and the business isn't quote unquote successful, you still get to keep everything that you've learned. Your knowledge doesn't disappear. And that to me is one of the really cool things. If you've been following along since the first episode, you are privy to seeing this business being built in real time. So why did I launch now? This podcast is about nine months old. Why am I launching the next pillar now? A lot of you know that I've got another baby coming. Baby number two is coming this fall sometime in October. So I had to think long and hard about whether or not to launch something while I'm in the middle of pregnancy and my family is undergoing such dynamism and change. And, you know, on paper, it kind of sounds like a crazy idea. I can definitely tell you that there's a whole part of me that said, just wait until after baby number two comes and you're settled and then launch the thing. But inside of this question, I ended up gaining a lot of clarity and insight around how to set better boundaries for my business. And it's like it asked me to wrestle with the question of how do you create a business that serves you and a life that serves you? How do you do both? And that's one of the core questions of Startup Pregnant. 
is how can we do family? How can we do parenthood? How can we do business a little bit differently so that they're not so at odds with each other, that it's not work over here and family over here? But what does it look like to create a new future of work or a new style of parenting and family so that we can pursue these questions? How can I make something that works and serves me, both my family and my business? Also, how could I build this in a way that serves the person I'm trying to serve? Like, is there a path within this? I had to ask myself, is there a path here where I could actually build something that's even better than what I would normally build? In doing this in the middle of having my second child, I had to ask myself, how do I slow down? How do I do less? and achieve more. It's like the Pareto principle at work, the 80-20 principle, which is where can I selectively apply my energy and get the results I'm looking for, make the impact that I want to make, and not layer in a whole bunch of things that are maybe actually unnecessary. One of the interesting things that happened with this question was I've run masterminds for a number of years and almost every program I've ever launched. How should we say this? I have thrown the kitchen sink in. I tend to over-deliver. And the experience is not that more is better, but the experience of people I work with, this is back in the early days, has been a little bit of overwhelm. Like, ah, this is too much. And so this feels like a really sharpening and clarifying way for me to ratchet it back in a way that delivers an even better experience rather than saying, this is from insecurity, right? Oh, I've got to do more. I've got to do more. I've got to send them more audio files and more of this and more of that. And that makes it better. And for me to slow down and say, what's the minimum I could deliver so that I don't drive myself crazy? And so that I also deliver something awesome for people who are equally busy and stressed. And that's been a really fun question to dig into. And lastly, I had to ask for more help. I tend to be a do-it-yourselfer. I'm going to do it all myself. And when I set out to launch something in the middle of having, adding the second child to our family, it took me a while to kind of sit with this question of, okay, so how do I do this? And how do I still take maternity leave, but show up for people? And what would that look like? And I realized, oh, what if it's not me? What if I had some guest teachers come in? What if during the three months of my maternity leave, I actually asked these amazing, brilliant women that I know to teach specifically on things like imposter syndrome and decluttering and doing less and sales and marketing, things that all of these business women and business owners want to know more about. And in fact, these people who are smarter than me, bring them in. And I was like, oh, that is an interesting path here. So in this mastermind program for the three months of my immediate postpartum period, I have three guest teachers coming in to help. I will be showing up and there will be times when I've got this newborn and I'm probably breastfeeding on the live call if it works and somebody else is leading that session and the delivery of value is still there. I'm sharing all of this because this is some of the behind the scenes of why I decided to launch now and then the interesting questions that it raised about how to design the program and then the results that came up of, oh, well, actually, there's a different way to do this. And maybe it would be better here. And if these are the constraints, then why don't I do it like this? And that's been a really enjoyable and interesting puzzle to work with. How do I design something that fits the life that I have right now? Another huge reason that I am launching right now in the middle of this second pregnancy is because I want to launch this mastermind program several times. 
So we're going to have another cycle come out in April 2019. At least that's the tentative date right now. We're about a year out from that. And I realized when I had an imaginary conversation with my future self down the line, and I said, hey, you're six months into having your second child. Do you want to build an entirely new program and launch it? Or like, what can we do to make this you know, future life of yours a little bit easier? And I realized that building it now and getting a lot of the pieces into place, while I am a little more energetic and have some vibrancy and I only have one child and I'm not breastfeeding, I said, oh, I actually have more time now. This is a gift to my future self. Because then when I launch again in the future, I'm not building and launching, but I'm just launching the second cycle. And that felt like a really generous way to take care of my future business self. So to me, one of the biggest wins from doing this was not the number of people that signed up, but it was the fact that I was building it in the first place and giving it a test run in the beta program so that it was smoother running down the line. So it felt like a real gift to my future self. And like everything in both parenting and in business, it's a test. It's all an experiment. The question that keeps me sane is not whether or not things are perfect, but did it work? And if it didn't work, why not? And can we change anything about it? So for me, this is also a big question. Does it work? Does it work to launch and run a program over the course of taking leave with a baby? What breaks? What doesn't work? How does it feel to be postpartum? What can I learn? And that's part of the deeper question I'm asking with Startup Pregnant. Where does work break down? What can we do to make it better? How can we more deeply serve both our family and our business needs? And if I'm not building a business that allows me to spend time with my family and do the work that I'm called to do, is it really actually what I want to be doing? That is the behind the scenes of you're watching my business be built in real time and the reason that I'm launching right now. And so now I want to dig into a few of the lessons I've learned about this particular launch and about launching in general, just to give you some insight into what I've learned about this process and what I would change or do differently next time. So in general, with launching, I think one of the biggest things I see this with book authors and with any program is that the amount of time it takes to create the program is as much as and equal to the amount of time it takes to tell people about the program, tell people about what it is that you're doing. And so many book authors that I know have said they spent nine months, 12 months, two years writing their book, and they didn't realize it would take nine months, 12 months, two years to launch and market that book. And they were so exhausted by the time their book went to market that they didn't leave any energy in the tank for launching. Launching, launching, launching. We have to tell people about things with plenty of lead time. And this one felt like I got all the pieces together at the end of May and I spent June telling folks about it, but I didn't really spend a lot of time. There wasn't much lead time. And that was in some ways by design because I always feel like I'm running behind with launches. I always feel like, oh, I should have started this way earlier. If you feel that way, you're not alone. And really, the gift I was giving myself was actually launching the April program early. So I'm telling people about the mastermind now nine months early, because if I waited until March, it would be too late. So I want to start getting people familiar with this program, see if it works, test it out, so that by the time round two comes around, there's a lot of people who are listening and watching and saying, oh, I would really love to be a part of something like that. It's not the right fit right now, but it will be in the future. 
the first launch, when I set up my metrics for success, it isn't necessarily about selling out to some arbitrary number because I don't have enough data about whether or not this will work and whether or not this is something that people want. But the real metric for success is about telling people for the first time about what you're doing and getting interesting responses. So to me, success could be four people, it could be eight people, or it could be 20 people. The number doesn't matter. But the whole arc of telling the story of what you're doing and getting people to engage with it, which means how many applications did I actually get? How many people emailed back and told me? How many people opened the emails? What are the kinds of conversations that I'm starting? That is more important for the long game. I wrote a post called Why You Shouldn't Quit After One Launch, and I'll link that post in the show notes. But I want to share a few of these tips and tricks on this podcast episode as well. Launching is often the first time people are paying attention to you. They're watching, they're learning, they're listening, they're waiting. And what people do is they put it into the calendar for the next time to join. They say, oh, that's really cool. I really want to do that program. I'm going to do it the next time she offers it. And it takes a while for people to form a relationship with you, to learn about what you're doing, and to be in the right place in their lives to sign up for something. So one data point, your first launch, is often not enough data to make declarative decisions about whether or not something is working. It's only the first step in an exploration. So after you launch, the next steps are emailing your group or your list or your friends and say, hey, what did you think of this program? If you didn't sign up, but you were interested, can you hit reply? I'm curious if you'd be interested in me running another program like this. Or what about it worked for you? Or is this something that would be useful in your life? Honestly, if you're listening and you have feedback to give me about the mastermind, I will definitely take it. So send me an email. You have my email, hello at startuppregnant.com. And send me a note and say, hey, this was something that I'm definitely into, but now's not the right time. Or nah, I, I would never be interested in this. And in fact, I skip over every episode where you talk about the mastermind. You can tell me any of these things because it's super useful to me as a business owner to know whether or not this is something that fits and is a need that is something I can meet. And then we adjust and we readjust and we edit and we launch again a second time with more space to ramp up, more time to talk about it. Because psychologically, people need to hear about something four to seven times before they're even aware that it exists. And then they need to hear about it even more times before they're comfortable taking action. Most people, except for the very early adopters, don't buy something the first time they hear about it. So as business owners and people with products, that means we have to talk about it often and in many ways. And we have to use the first launch as the first teaching point, not the end point. I really struggle with this because it feels like you're in an echo chamber and I'm like, oh, everybody knows about this. They're so sick of learning about hearing me talk about this. My gosh, because I am inside of every single conversation that I'm having. I have recorded all these podcast episodes. I have written all of the emails. I've done all the one-on-one -on -one talks. I've created all the social media. And so for me, I have heard and seen 100% of all of the marketing efforts that I'm doing and why I'm sick of hearing myself talk. But people don't experience things the way that you do. So some people may have seen one social media post or listened to one podcast episode or read one email, and all they know is the tip of the iceberg. They're like, oh, that's something interesting. I'd be curious to know more. And if we don't send follow-up or we don't continue to teach, educate, and inform people about things, then they'll forget 
or they're like, oh, I never heard about that thing again. So for me, remembering to keep talking about something, it's hard. It's challenging, especially because as you talk more about it, for me, I start to get sick of hearing myself talk. I had to balance this with also not wanting to overdo it. I have seen a lot of marketing efforts fail where I have been the recipient of 34 emails in a row from somebody over the course of a week telling me about their program with no way to opt out of getting any of those emails. And at the end of it, I'm just like, I do not care. I do not want. I do not care. I do not need this thing. So finding the balance is hard to do. And for me, I wanted to do a soft launch where I told people about it for about a month. I sent about six to eight emails in total with a couple of follow-ups only to people that had opened previous emails or clicked previous emails or hadn't told me that they weren't interested. And we did about a month's run of sponsorship spots on the podcast telling people about the mastermind. I did zero paid advertising almost zero social media links. I put three posts up on Instagram about it. And I put about four posts up on Facebook about it. And then I had a blitz for a week on Twitter about the mastermind, but very little in terms of trying to gather new people. All of it was mostly talking to people who were already part of the startup pregnant community and just saying, hey, here's something I have. Let me know if you're interested. And then we'll go from there. Biggest thing that worked was showing up consistently for almost a year and delivering this podcast and the blog. I have been building relationships with people for almost two years now around this idea, Startup Pregnant. And that is probably what mattered more than anything else. People listening to this podcast, learning what we're about, trusting us, having a relationship to the type of content that we create, and you knowing like what I stand for and what I'm about was more important than any sales page. What was really kind of surprising to me was that I've run Mastermind Cycles many times before through my own personal website and my previous consultancy. And I've launched three different cycles and I get about 200 leads, about 100 applications. I'll weed through and I'll pick out the top 40 or 50 and start to rank them. And then I'll get on interviews with 20 people and finally select the class of 8 to 12 for my Mastermind Cycles. And I got really used to that. And that's because I have such a broad base of readers on my personal website that it takes a while to really hone in on who the audience is. So when I launched for Startup Pregnant, I kind of had a similar expectation of the percentages. I said, oh, you know, I'll get this many applications, probably smaller because the email list is smaller. And what actually happened was because Startup Pregnant is so targeted, and it's specifically for women who are entrepreneurs and parents or thinking about becoming entrepreneurs or thinking about becoming parents, and I was so specific about exactly what the mastermind would entail, that almost every single application was a perfect fit. I had a lot fewer applications, but they were all the right people. I was kind of blown away because I kept reading through them. I was like, wow, this person's awesome. And oh my, this person's awesome. And well, I want to learn from this person. And I realized that the power of niching down to a very specific audience, getting clear on who you serve and what you're building for them, and then developing a consistent way to talk to people, whether it's through a podcast or a blog, through content that really serves this specific audience. This was probably the most important thing I did for this launch out of anything. So I will share as one last kind of funny story. I set aside three weeks in June to really prep for 
the launch cycle and letting people know about it and talking about the mastermind. I wanted enough lead time so that people could start to plan ahead. But also, time was starting to run away from me and I needed to just go for it. And at some point, it was just, you know, if nobody signs up for this, if it doesn't work out, then what we will do is we will try again later. And that in itself will be informative. So I started to get down to, all right, here's the cycle. Here's what we're going to do. And as is true for all of business and parenting, there's not just me in this equation. So the second weekend in June, we were going to start potty training my little toddler. And it was kind of an experiment of, all right, let's give it a go for a weekend. Let's see what happens. Let's see if he's receptive to it. For those of you in the throes of this, he was asking to pee in the potty and he was telling me when he was going poop and he was really excited about using the toddler toilet and we'd switched to pull-ups for a while at daycare and he recently moved up to the two and three-year-old classroom. So a lot of his buddies are already using the toilet. So we just said, oh, this is a good window of opportunity. And also we've got a baby coming in the fall. So why don't we try it now and see how it works? Because he's on the younger end. Some people wait a little longer, but it seemed like he was ready. And so we gave it three days and I took Monday off of work. I blocked it as a home day so I could be doing that very intense thing, which is just watching your toddler forever. You're just constantly watching them. No phone checking, no computer checking, no work doing, because you want to see the minute that they start to make a sign that they're going to the bathroom, you're trying to associate the relationship of going to use the toilet. So he's running around naked all weekend. I'm paying more attention to him than I've ever paid in my life. I'm just so laser focused on him. And we realize at the end of day three that we should really probably give him more time. And we make the decision, we call an audible in our family unit and we say, you know what, let's give him the rest of the week. And I said, okay. And in this instance, we switched, my husband and I do different things, but I said, I'll do it. I'm going to be home with him this week. You go to work and we'll give him more time to learn because that's important for us. So the week I was trying to launch this mastermind, I ended up instead staying home and spending way too much time (laughs) with my son's bottom (laughs) and doing toddler toilet training, which by the end of the week, I was a little bit cross-eyed and I looked at my husband and I said, I need to get back to work. I have to get back to the office. I've never wanted to get back to the office so badly. I just need to do things with my own brain that are my own ideas that are only this thing. So I lost a week of what I thought would be launch time and had to pivot and adjust in real time and figure out, okay, what if I only send one email? What if I only have one podcast episode? What will that look like? What will the results be? Even amidst all of this, it's always there, these questions of parenting and children and business building and things not going according to plan. That's about it. That's the behind the scenes of launching this first round of the program, which I hope you enjoyed the story of how I've been building this business and watching it grow behind the scenes and right alongside with me and some of the strategy that went into why I decided to go ahead and launch around baby number two and what my metrics were for success. And my lessons learned from this launch cycle The long lead time of creating content and building an audience is always, always helpful. The more you can niche down to a specific audience, the better. Consistency, showing up regularly, these are really important things. They're a little bit boring, but they work so well. 
we are creatures of habit. And if you have gotten used to this podcast episode coming out every Monday, that's wonderful. That is the kind of relationship that we like to form in our business and in on the products that we use. And I hope that you look forward to it. I look forward to creating it and it keeps me accountable. You know, less pressure on the first launch can be a really helpful thing. Ask people to join, tell them what you're building, tell them why you're building it, and then just see what happens. Because the first number or the first metric for success is really arbitrary. The first question is actually, will it work? And what happened? And then do it again. Even if you get crickets from the first launch, do it again and see what happens. Because maybe people just needed to hear about it more. So I am currently prepping interviews for the rest of the fall and the upcoming spring. I'm trying to get about six months of interviews in advance done for my maternity leave because I am going to be slowing way down and putting a lot of this business on autopilot. The reason I'm doing extra work in advance is because it's so important for me to, in what I want to create, to stay consistent in the podcast production and to continue to develop these conversations and relationships. I get emails every week from people telling me that they wait for the next episode to come out. And one person even emailed me and (laughs) she said, I know that you want to take a maternity leave and I feel kind of bad asking you this, but are you going to still have podcast episodes while you're gone? And I loved that because it means that you really value the podcast. And so I take that as the hugest compliment. And yes, I am almost done pre-recording about 24 interviews for the six months while I'll be taking various amounts of leave. And I will also have pre-recorded all of my mastermind classes and I'll set up all of the email cycles so that I can go mostly on leave and then be just present for the things that need my presence in the mastermind cycle while I am welcoming baby number two into our family. In another episode, I can see this already now, in another episode, I can talk all about how I'm prepping for maternity leave and what systems I've used to set everything up and what I'm getting ahead on and what I'm dropping by the wayside. But for now, I'll wrap up this episode because that's the story I wanted to tell today was what the launch was like. And if you are interested or curious in masterminding with us at Startup Pregnant, we will be doing the next round of Women's Circles together, likely beginning in April 2019. At least that's what I've got on the calendar. And that's currently the plan is to put the second kid in daycare around February or March 2019. But as always, when I meet this kid, I'll find out. I need to meet this person first and see who he is, see what kind of needs he has, how he sleeps, and kind of get the lay of the land of what it's like to be the mom of two kids and what I'm like processing and moving through it all. Because if I have to move slower, then I have to move slower and I'll figure that out. And if I'm itching to get back to work faster, I mean, then I'm going to do that. (laughs) You'll, You'll see me furiously writing, which is something I did on my last maternity leave. And since my kid is coming around the middle of October and winters in New York City can be pretty brutal, I'm trying to plan ahead for a slower return to work. Winter February in New York City with a newborn sounds like a terrible time to try to get back into full throttle work while managing two kids, daycare, winter, darkness, postpartum recovery, and launching things. So I'm trying to slow my roll in advance, which is always a learning curve for me. For those of you that are type A and very ambitious, I identify with that. So slowing down is one of my biggest practices of trying to figure out how to actually put that into my business and my life. So I'm waiting until April and springtime. 
and I will, as best I can, keep you posted on how it all goes. Thank you, as always, for being a listener, for writing in. And thank you, a big shout out to every single person who applied to the beta round of the Startup Pregnant Mastermind. I cannot wait to tell you how it goes, and I will see you on the next episodes. This podcast is made possible by sponsors like you. Consider supporting this podcast with a monthly donation on our Patreon page. Head to patreon.com slash startup pregnant. We've got folks who we call our coffee friends who donate the equivalent of a cup of coffee each month to make this show possible. And we're backed by companies we believe in that can help make the lives of busy entrepreneurs and parents a little bit easier. If you want to become one of our company sponsors, head to startuppregnant.com slash podcast and get in touch. And you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. We send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.